All right, guys, welcome to the Kettle Ballers podcast. <laughs> we are reporting live from Miami, Florida. And no, this is not a real podcast. This is the first time we're just having a conversation. So my name is Vladimir Salas, and I am joined by Sam Shacha. Is that how you pronounce it? Everybody always, you know, makes a thing about your last name, but... <laughs> It is the question of the century. So technically, yes, it's cha-cha in Italian, but I was misled my almost entire life that we thought it was siasi. So technically, it's cha-cha. Cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha-cha. Oh, my God. So <laughs> welcome to the 305. How are you liking it? You've been here a couple of days. You're enjoying your time. I love it. Yeah, I... I'm just going to jump right into it. I can see myself here. Oh, shit. Bomb dropping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I really love it. I love the energy, obviously the weather, the people. It's been such a great experience so far. And I see myself coming back a little bit more often. Yes. Mm -hmm. Listen, I've lived here. You know, me and my family came from Venezuela when I was nine years old. Uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, and some college here. And I've traveled a lot, you know, not that, not as much as you, but <laughs> I've gone, you know, to six countries in Europe, South America, Mexico, and it's always a round trip. It's always a round trip because there's nothing like Miami, and I could see myself living here for the rest of my life. What What's, like, the number one thing that you love about it? I think probably like just the people and the carefreeness. I mean, this, this came like it was a perfect example when the pandemic broke down and COVID, like the lockdown lasted three months here. And, and then within those three months, there was underground parties, there was house parties, everybody was just making jokes and memes and, and you know, while other cities and, and, you know, it's a real thing, people people died and stuff, but here it's just like, control what you can control, don't stress out, don't overfear things, and I guess a lot of people here just don't really give a fuck, right? They're not really stressed out so much about whatever most people in the country or in the world are, are stressed out about. Yeah, definitely I can feel that from the like beach vibe island vibe here it's just like a little bit more slower pace which is really a nice break coming from new york of 10 years we are on the go fast paced 24 7 so it's just like you get like a nice benefit of city feel however it's like you don't feel like you want to pull your hair out every minute of the day because someone's yelling or you're trying to jump rats or chase subways so (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean you know, I, I go to New York often and it's it's stressful. You're you're on the edge. You're on an edge every time you go, you're looking around the train, you're missing your train or whatever. Mo- the past couple of times I had the van with me, so I've been I drove a lot this past time in summer because we did six kettlebell events in New York, including Atlantic City, uh, New, uh, New Jersey. So I was going all over the place and holy shit, that was stressful. <laughs> that was so stressful. Yeah, I can imagine. What exactly did you do with going around with the bands and everything? Because I missed you during that time. I know. I mean, 
you you missed me the last 10 times I've gone to New York City. <laughs> so, my bitch. So, you know, with my, my kettlebell company, you know, we started, I was like, okay, I'm brand new to, I'm a, I'm a little guy, little company. So the best thing I could do is go out there and just meet people and showcase my kettlebells to people in real life. This was coming off from, you know, COVID. So our first tour was in 2022. It was a summer tour. So I had just released the full line of kettlebells on February. I was starting to do events down here. And then all of a sudden it's like, it wasn't even planned. It was like, oh, I'm gonna do an event here. Oh yeah, and an event here. And then I was like, actually, no, no, no. It, 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 what was planned was, so I have a couple ambassadors so I was like my three main ambassadors, no, my four or five ambassadors. So there were Wendell in New York, Amber in Atlanta, uh, Amanda in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, Nicole, the kettlebell queen, and Jared in, um, in Orlando. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to those cities. I'm gonna do an event for them. I'm gonna bring all the kettlebells. I'm gonna take care of everything. Boom, they'll bring their people and you know we'll, we'll do it. And then I guess like the people in South Florida started getting jealous like, yo, get me in. And I was like, you know what? So the very first three cities, it was New York, Cleveland, Atlanta. And then after that, I was like, well, I know people here. And then I just started stacking weeks. So it was a span of 11 weeks. And uh, it was a total of 10 cities. We had one break, one weekend where we didn't do an event. And that weekend we worked like an expo here as, a, as an sponsor. So it, it, was, it was nonstop. But, uh, but yeah, uh, I had gone to New York City. You know, the kettlebell community is huge over there. And all 10 times that I went to New York City, you were nowhere to be found. <laughs> yes, I believe I was already my one way ticket outside of the States in Europe at that time. But, you know, it's amazing because word gets around. And what I really loved what you did was you built your brand so well. And even though we haven't met, you know, I knew about you and knew of you through you know, our friends and common commonality. And I remember when I first heard about the idea of what you're doing, I'm like, oh, it's amazing. It's never been done before. And I was like, this is genius for brand awareness and what you're doing. Because my next question is, would you do it again? <laughs> so, you know, I took the opportunity, I saw it and I was able to, I got, I got the title pretty much of first ever kettlebell training tour you know yahoo finance did an article on it i have that screenshot is pin posted on my ig so i'm like all right cool i did it but i would not do it again it was so expensive it was so expensive and so exhausting like just especially that one that that 2022 it was just going imagine it was 11 weekends and 10 of those weekends, I was in a different city doing an event every other. You know, I had a lot of, you know, my my girl, Ashley, she she was she was with me with through all of them. Yeah, she, she made all the trips. So this is the tactic that we would do. All the South Florida ones were like, OK, whatever. Drive to we did like Hollywood, boom and back. Uh, Pompano Beach, boom and back. Orlando, it was like we stayed the night and the weekend over there and then back. But then when we started getting out of state, we would go Atlanta, drive to Atlanta, do the event, 
fly back to Miami, work three, four days here with my clients, my in-person clients, and then fly back to Atlanta, then drive to Cleveland, do the event in Cleveland, then take a take a flight back to Miami, work my work week because I still gotta work, and then fly back to Cleveland, drive to New York, and then in New York we should stay there for a while for like a week, and then we I I had to drive down by myself by wow. myself, which you know it wasn't as bad as people or or you might think. I I like spending time alone, and I was able to really dive deep into like audiobooks that I wanted to listen to. I dove deep into a lot of podcasts and uh, and that kind of drive down really like sparked up like, you know, some things that I wanted to change and, and where my business was going and, and, you know, just like get back to, I guess, self-development. Mm -hmm. Self-development because for like one or two years, it was just like, like doing, 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 boom, release of this, boom, I bought the band, boom, I got a permit to do events here in South Beach and sometimes you're just doing it and then you don't stop and like see see what's going on and also like stopping and reflecting is so important because sometimes I feel like we get wrapped up in like what's not done and what we have to do what's on the list and you forget to look back and say oh well look at everything that has been done you know and in your case nationwide which is so cool <laughs> you know you're like oh crap wow my brand and my van has been a lot of places. <laughs> I know. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's definitely, I'm definitely glad I did it because those are seeds that you're just planting with people. You're connecting with people. I mean, it's, it's a difference. You know, my, my biggest competitors are Rug or Kettlebell King and like nobody knows those people. Maybe the ambassadors on email like that give discount codes or whatever. But they're not in. They're not in the trenches. They're not out here swinging with you. <laughs> and not not to, not to mention uh, a week. No, a month before I went to Colorado, April to go snowboarding with Isaac, and I tore my my shoulder. Ooh. Tore my shoulder. So I was like, man, I saw the tour flashing in my eyes. I was like, man, how am I gonna, I'm gonna do all this with my fucked up shoulder? I'm literally lifting kettlebells in and out of the van and, and all this logistics. And uh, but I was like, the show must go on. I started rehab right away. I it was so sad because I couldn't do anything. You know, I couldn't like get a flow with people, get a flow with, with the ambassadors. You know, tap in on the fun. But uh, but yeah, it, it got done. So, transfer. No, I would not do it again. I went to New York this past summer. Six events all in New York. I was like, I'm just staying in the hub. And then uh, at the end of that, I left 50 kettlebells in Brooklyn in a little warehouse, and uh, my kettlebells are there. So if I do want to go back this summer, I'll fly, rent a truck, pick a spot, do an event, get people together, but I am not going to drive. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. What would you say is like the biggest takeaway that you felt? Because like, I, what I perceive that your biggest takeaway is community building brand awareness but what would you say you personally was your biggest takeaway it, it doesn't have to be business related but also like personal because i know you touched on a little bit of self-development and those those silent lonely times <laughs> just kidding um so guys every time one of us talks i have to click the thing so the camera switches so like bear with me it's my first he's podcast. actually playing tetris yeah. while we're doing this <laughs> 
That's really what's happening. And he's losing right posting now. posting on IG right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so takeaways, man. I don't know. Like, I, I will say just, just that, like, the, the community. Like, get, being able to get closer to people and learn about their business, what are they doing and stuff. Because it wasn't just, it was always an event, a class, and then some type of social activity after, whether it's brunch or whatever, we all go out, you know how it is. And then just learn about everybody's business, like their point of view, what are they doing, what's working, what not might be working, you know, and, and be able to share experiences with them and, you know, how, how things are in, in another city and things like that. So, so yeah, that was fun. <laughs> all right, so enough about me. So all the people want to know, when did you start your fitness career? When did you make that transition? Because you come from the medical field. Yes. So give me like a little, let's, let's, let's go back a little bit. Sam just graduated from college. What did she graduate with and what was next? Oh, we're going way back. Going way back. Oof. Let me take you back. Oof. So Sam graduated um, with a bachelor's in kinesiology. I was down at Temple University in Philadelphia. And during that time, I originally was a bio major and I wanted to actually become a plastic surgeon. However, I looked at the years of schooling and for me to be finished outside of a fellow, I would have been in my mid thirties and I was like, Oh no, I don't, you know, I don't want it that much because <laughs> <laughs> I respect the career so much, but I was like, oh, I want to do, cause I always wanted to do dabble into fitness. So I switched career or switched uh, degrees and got my degree in kinesiology, which study of body movement. And a lot of people with that degree either go through like exercise science, exercise phys, PhD, masters. Um, and I still wanted some way somehow to give back through health because I always loved healthcare and came across the profession of physician assistant. So I ended up minoring in biology and getting all the criteria that I needed to get into PA school, applied, got into PA school, two-year program, and now I am 23, graduated, practicing clinician. Ready for the world. Ready for the world, 23-year-old baby. <laughs> And during that time, um, I always wanted to have some type of fitness involved in my life because growing up, my father actually, he did Olympic lifting and a lot of our vacations were traveling around the States to his lifting competitions. So I was born and raised around the barbell, the gym all the time. And I knew it was just an innate passion that I got from my dad. I just didn't know exactly what that was going to look like. At that time in grad school, CrossFit was like really blowing up. So I was like, I'm going to be a CrossFit coach. <laughs> So while I was in grad school, they actually sent out uh, a email asking if there's any instructors to teach group fitness classes at the medical school. And I was like, well, I have a bachelor's in kines. I guess that's like good enough. So I applied and they gave me the job. So in between the two years while I was getting my medical degree, I was also teaching group classes. And you're going to laugh at this. At a, cross, at a box? No, at the medical school. Oh, okay. It was good. actually where the uh, 76ers practice. That's oh, also nice. a funny story. I accidentally bumped into one, like fell into one who was rehabbing from a knee injury, and that didn't go well. But <laughs> uh oh, your first bad client. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The trainer was not happy. 
But uh, so I created a class and they gave me full reins. They're like, all right, whatever class you want, you can design it, program it. So I was like, okay, Sam, what are, I wanted to be geared towards females. And I was like, what are two things women always love to work on? Your butts and your guts <laughs> or your butts abs. So I made a class <laughs> called Butts and Guts oh, and it yeah. was so popular. Actually, they still have it at the medical school oh, wow. um, because it was that popular. Trademark. Yeah, right? <laughs> Butts and Guts, girl. But I would have like events. We would throw uh, rooftop parties. I would, you know, bring all these snacks. We'll have a DJ. I would teach the class and we'd like hang out. It like became a thing in an event. And from that experience, I was like, I love this. I want to keep this going after I finish my medical degree. And fast forward to graduating, I was looking for jobs. And I was just going up and down the East Coast, Miami, Tampa, Orlando, DC, Philly, New York, like all over. And at that time I was between surgery or emergency medicine. So out of all the places, now it's hard as a new grad to get uh, certain specialty jobs. Like for example, emergency medicine, there's a lot of autonomy there. So usually they don't like taking new grads. So I applied to all these places, nothing, crickets. <laughs> I was like, I need a job, <laughs> I need a job. And then all of a sudden, five interviews from New York City came through. And I was like, I guess I'm going to New York City. So NYU, Montefiore, um, where were the other ones? Mount Sinai, all of those places interviewing for different jobs. And I landed upon emergency medicine in the Boogie Down Bronx. Oh, at Monty, love Monty. Um, <laughs> it was such a great experience. I pretty much got inoculated into New York City pretty quickly with that job. <laughs> so I worked uh, in emergency medicine starting off. But the ER career, essentially you work three days a week. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, only three out of seven? I can do something else. Five. Not realizing the reason they only have three days a week is because they're three 12-hour shifts, and they're very intense, very stressful shifts, oh and you God. need the break off. So as a 23-year-old, I was like, no, like, you know, <laughs> you sleep when you're dead mindset. And I decided, I was like, I'm going to get a second job. So I had, I was between a dog walker, <laughs> a bartender, and a trainer. <laughs> Those are my three options. And, you know, obviously going back to, uh, I love teaching butts and guts. Why don't I like find a studio in New York? And so I applied for this job on Craigslist and they right away emailed me and they're like, oh my gosh, we'd like to have you come in. It was like this little boutique studio in New York interviewed and Again, I came from a medical professional space, so interview is like casual business, showing up and and not thinking a gym. They're like, where's your workout <laughs> hey, what's clothes? What's wrong with you, bro? Yeah. What's wrong with this girl? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, like, where are your God. workout clothes? And my interview was literally going through the class and my boss seeing if I survived or not. And he was like, all right, you can handle this. You're good. And got hired right away. So I started actually both careers at the same time. I was always working in the ER, always training. This was, I didn't tell you the time, this was probably like 11 years ago now. It was what, like a boutique gym? Yeah, yeah, a boutique gym. Um, it's called Epic Hybrid Training. They still exist, actually, there's one in Brickell here. Oh. They expanded, and it's obstacle course racing, oh, yeah, you bars, told me about it. Yeah, MMA. Yeah. yeah, it's a really cool concept. We all like did the Spartan races and <laughs> all of that fun stuff. Crazy, crazy, crazy fun. So from there, I just kind of just evolved into 
group fitness to programming, being a program, um, what do you call them, project manager, but pretty much overseeing the programming of group classes and training trainers and stuff like that. And then ultimately, it just came into a conflict where my ER job was like, Sam, you can't ask all these days off anymore <laughs> for you to train at the gym. <laughs> I was like, okay, fair, fine. So my ER boss at the time actually suggested, he was like, why don't you just start your own business? You can create your own schedule. And, and I was like, oh, yeah. Wow, your boss was like, yo, why don't you just leave? <laughs> no, basically, because even after that, I was still at that time, I went over to Jersey City Medical Center. So I was there commuting Manhattan, Jersey City, Siddle, <laughs> Jersey City, and getting taxed twice, which is absolutely oh, insane. No. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was not smart. No, but just, just taxed once in New York is bad enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was New York State, New York City, and oh, Jersey. God, the double team. <laughs> man, man, man. So later on he was like Sam why don't you go back and just work in Manhattan like why be here I'm like oh yeah smart I should do that so anyways um, I basically just started my own business did personal training in the gym created my own schedule loved it still trying time restraint then I was like okay well how can I still grow a business how can I still give educate help teach while I'm working in the ER so that's where social media started coming in. And my friend out in L.A., she, she was really big into social media. She's a physical therapist. And she was like, just show people what you know. Show people, create posts. And she helped me really lay it out. And I would be in between patients and shift. I would, like, do a post, edit, see a patient, repeat back and forth. Oh, wow. And that's how I built my social media was just in between times and shift. And that social media led into an online program. And an online program left to an online course. An online course is turning into an in-person certification. So it's so cool to see the evolution. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bell Mechanics. Click that link in bio. <laughs> so it's really cool to see the evolution of how everything happened. And I was just kind of winging it, honestly. But passion-driven. Like, I always wanted to help with movement and knew that medicine wasn't the only avenue I wanted to target. And what's really cool is now, since I'm running my own business, I'm blending medicine and fitness together into one hybrid piece. So it's really cool. You can just create whatever you want. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm doing. So when did you get into the kettlebell? Why the kettlebell? Why did you choose the kettlebell? Your, your company's name is Bell Mechanics, which is awesome. So when, when did the kettlebell come in? <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. So that crazy gym I told you about, yeah, they we taught to kettlebell classes <clears throat> there. And I remember, I'm like, oh, if I'm teaching, it probably makes sense for me to learn how to <laughs> use these. So shout out to any new trainer who is teaching classes or using kettlebells. Please learn from someone who knows what they're doing, professional group from Bell Mechanics. I'll teach you <laughs> to use them correctly so your clients and yourself will not get hurt by them because there is a learning curve to them. Anyways, back to that. Uh, I did some investing into who I wanted to learn from. Basically, the two big kettlebell companies at the time were RKC and Strong First. And I decided to go with Strong First, took the, took the certification. And what I really loved about it was the intricate details that they got into for how to work the bell, how to do it safely. They do have a hard style strength focused. And 
I really enjoyed that. So I was that student that went to the two-day cert, had my little manual, and then for two years, I just sat in that manual by myself at the gym and went through every little thing, underlying, making wow. notes, recording myself. Because when I like get into a project, I want to make sure I know it like the back of my hand before I feel comfortable teaching it to someone else or my clients. Because if something happens, that's on me. So I took that time to really make sure I knew what I was talking about when I taught the kettlebell. And then little did I know, it turned into what we now call bell mechanics. <laughs> kind of wild. Yeah, I mean, I always, people always kind of ask me, oh, what, what kettlebell search should I do? And then all of this, I always point that way. I, I did mine with RKC, but they're, you know, Strong First came out of RKC and, um, some people see it as a turnoff because they only teach six uh, kettlebell exercises, mm -hmm. the big six, you know, mm -hmm. and whether it's uh, uh, one kettlebell, two hands, or a single arm, or double. But the attention to details, and you see it, you see it in other trainers that, man, I know you didn't spend 16 hours swinging your life away, like perfecting that fucking swing, like, mm -hmm. After you're done with that, sir, your your whole nervous system is like, like you know, it, it's just so taxing, and because it's just repetition, 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 and obviously we all know the the harsh testing, you know, the snatch test and everything else, and uh, and it's just about perfection. So I still believe that should be your number one. There's a lot of credible certifications out there now which teach a lot of other stuff like rotation and pivoting and stagger stance or V stance, and. Um, but I was I always like to say master that the first six and then just play around play around because the way I see it if you don't know how to really like be impeccable with those basics then your your clients are, are gonna get a little bit off and then your group training is gonna be a little bit off you're not gonna you're not gonna know because because we know and we spend all the time we know what to look for. Oh, that's a little off. Actually, your your shoulder, you're rounding your shoulder a little bit, or you're you're bending your elbow, whatever. And it becomes almost like an elephant game. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, is that is that, is that what it's called? That when you say a word, you pass it to someone. Uh, not the, the phone game. Yeah, the phone game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, he they could be, they could get away with doing it without getting hurt, but then they pass it on to the clients, and then they don't see what we see, and then mm -hmm. they get hurt. Mm -hmm. So it's like master the basics, and then you know play around, juggle everything, yeah. everything. Nothing's off the books. What I love about kettlebells and how I view it is human movement is human movement, right? A hinge is a hinge, a squat is a squat. A ballistic hinge is a ballistic hinge, whether you're using a bell or a medicine ball. Um, and I really love looking at kettlebells through that lens. So then when we're just looking at movement patterns, we can be more creative. We can be able to, okay, if we understand how this hinge works, then we understand where we should be rotating if we want to tap into rotating. But mastering the basics, 100% agree that, you know, it's already overwhelming within itself. Like the course I run, the online course is very user-based, meaning like you're learning the how-to. And the amount of detail that we get into, but also the level of people that come in and out, it's varying. So it's just like, how can we teach the principles behind it? So then we're not getting locked into black and white. 
we're not getting locked into this is how it is, this is how it shouldn't be, but like, let's think about it. And this is where I really think um, I shine in that area because of that medical background and the really uh, un- true understanding of biomechanics, hence biomechanics and physiology <laughs> of what that looks like and how we can take those concepts and apply it to kettlebells or just movement. I just like to say, I teach human movement through the lens of kettlebells and make you really, really good and really, really strong at, I I like to say, I can get your technique sharp so that you can make heavy weight look really light because you're just so on point with that technique. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, one thing I wanted to say is you know, some people blame the kettlebell, like, oh, whatever, it hurt me or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're moving shitty with the kettlebell, chances are you're probably moving shitty with your body weight. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's animal flow. And, and I, I, I didn't do animal flow cert, but I did uh, something, I did a dur- durability cert with uh, John Wolf and uh, Sean Hines, uh in, um, at on it mm-hmm. and it was just body weight just body weight but being able to control your your body weight being in those quadruped positions and the kick throughs and things like that as a tripod and, and controlling it is when you have the bell attached to you right here nice and tight it's just your body weight with a little little attachment so master the you should be able to move well with your own body weight and uh, I think people just get caught up in the shiny object syndrome. They see all this crazy shit on IG, like, whoa, look at that tactical snatch to windmill and reverse lunge and, and all this. Let me give it a try. And then, like, bro, you're not, your deadlift sucks. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's very true. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with obviously doing that stuff, but there are people that are doing it and doing it well advanced they went through the initiation of getting the foundations in and it doesn't mean that you know you need the foundations let me rephrase this meaning the foundations of movement like you're saying like proprioceptive awareness understanding your body in space understanding what a hinge is differentiating from a squat understanding where your positioning is when you're trying to pretty much blast a bell through mid-air like stuff like that, those concepts need to be taught. They need to be so then you don't, you're not on the floor figuring out how to do this. Or when you're going in a windmill, it's not a you know lateral side bend; it's actual hip hinge, stuff like that. So it's great to get into those advanced movements, and they offer a lot of benefits. The skill acquisition is high, right? Um, I didn't feel comfortable doing that stuff probably until after at least the first year of my own training second year in but doesn't mean it's not obtainable as long as you just know what the heck you're doing yeah the right guidance i'm kind of lucky when i when i first started kind of getting into kettlebells i didn't follow fucking anybody (laughs) that did kettlebells nobody so i was just doing my thing i have my two 12 kgs i was just repping them out so it's crazy this is probably how I remaster all my stuff. I, I so I used to work for Crunch Fitness. That gym closed down and they were closing down and everybody's like, you know, whatever. And I was like, I heard that they were gonna throw away or sell pretty much all the equipment. And I was like, well, I guess they're not gonna miss these kettlebells. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never bought any kettlebells. If my first two kettlebells were two 12 kgs from Crunch Fitness. 
And then the, the pandemic hit and I trained maybe for like a whole year or, or at least six months with just those two. All the double work I would do would be with 12 kg because I had a, a little heavier ones, but they would be just single. So I just really hammered down those those bases with those 12 kg like for a while. And then, you know, then I didn't get heavier doubles until my company launched them and then so then okay then now i have double 16 kgs that, that was the first release 8 kgs and 16 kgs and then i didn't have doubles until the other line came out so i literally by force i was forced to just you know i was like i'm not gonna fucking buy kettlebells like i was forced to just stay on my own lane stay on my own row and then boom boom and now you know obviously we have everything 44 kgs and and i could play with them safely but it's just giving yourself the time like giving yourself the time and i guess it's hard i mean it maybe it was easy for me because i didn't look at all these people doing all this stuff i was just literally doing my own thing whatever i know how to press i know how to swing and all these things but uh some people really really do get caught up and they don't they don't remember or they don't know that the many reps that these people were doing i actually really love that because what i'm finding with especially like my students now if they're going for a certification or if they're finishing a course, they feel like they need to master it by the end. And like, no, 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 this is the beginning of your journey for the rest of your life. Like, I'm still trying to work on my swing and I'm 11 years in, you yeah. know? And I always try to reiterate and continue to reiterate, like, give yourself that grace, give yourself that space to continue to learn because it's not about going to the end game of mastery because there is no such thing as mastery with this it's just you get better and better and maybe one day will be crap the other day will be better so it's like let's take out the timeline take out the end zone and just saying this is a continual practice just like we talk about with yoga it's a continual practice that you just keep going but there's not an end goal right there's not like an end range where you're like okay i've mastered yoga move on to the next no right you just keep doing it for the rest of your life or however long you decide to do it same thing with kettlebells and yeah i just i really think that if we can just get that out of our mindset then it just takes so much stress and so much pressure off of us and my students so guys listen it's not a big deal okay you're, you're doing great <laughs> i know and, and and also the the weight the weight because it's it's so different with kettlebells because it's like all right you go from this color to this color you know from this way to this way and it's like the next up and you just want to climb up the ladder and uh there don't be in such a rush because there's a limit there's a limit you <laughs> you get to that those 56 kg like for me at least like man i'm a i'm a goblet squad that thing and, and that's it and i'm gonna swing it and, and, and that's it um but um it, made, it reminded me of I don't know if you know him, Tom, and shout out to Tom in Long Island. Oh, yes. He, he would, whatever you tell him, he will say, yo, lift fucking heavier. <laughs> lift fucking heavier, <laughs> which is true to growth. But don't be in such a hurry. Don't be in such a hurry, man. I'll master your movement because you start getting shitty reps, shitty reps, shitty reps, and then maybe you could get that one rep, and then that's when you get hurt. Like, your muscles could take it, but your joints or tendons cannot and you don't give that little brace period of like developing that strength on your joints and, and on tendons and then that's that's when bad shit happens mm -hmm. yeah that is true that is true all right so what does 
your program include? What 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 is Bell Mechanics? How long is it? What do we do inside? I sign up today. Boom! You took my money. What do I get? <laughs> I take it a run. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> so I'm out to Greece. Yeah, right. That's how I know. <laughs> Joking, joking. <laughs> so Bell Mechanics, I always designed it and envisioned it to be beyond Sam. <laughs> with how I'm talking in third person. Beyond <laughs> me. And there's different facets to it, avenues. So if you're a trader or coach, I have the Bell Mechanics course. And that course is really diving into getting into diving into the details of movement right so for example you sign up today we start next week i do cohorts so we kind of go together for the 12 weeks and you have your week laid out for you the information drops on sunday you go through your pre there's modules that you go so through. every sunday the info gets dropped for the week mm-hmm. cool yeah so you have your modules and then you go through them yourself and at the end of the modules you have a quiz it kind of quizzes you based on your retention rate as well as an assignment. And in that assignment essentially is related to the module, like practice this, blah, blah, blah. You submit that, it gets sent to me, I give you direct feedback, which I think is a really cool perk to the course, is because it is run in a group cohort setting, but it is very personalized, and I wanna make sure that you're getting the attention that you need, especially because it's a very detailed, you know, high learning curve for kettlebells. And then we meet for lecture, and essentially I just expound, expand on what the modules are and get into more details about certain things. And I break up the sections by week by week, chapter by chapter, and by movement. So for example, chapter one is like proprioceptive awareness and breathing. I'm just teaching you how to understand your body and space, how to breathe, because as we just talked about, we need to know those basics first before we can even dive into how to hinge. Because if you don't know your foot from your head, how am I gonna yeah. teach you how to hinge, right? Yeah. So. We just go through week by week throughout the 12 weeks, and then we have group practice sessions, um, and you have an exam at the end. So basically just testing your knowledge and just going through all of, you know, encompassing what's in the 12-week course. At the end, you get a course certificate, and what is going to be new come January, Listen up, listen up, listen up. You new, new, (laughs) is going to be the official trainer certification. So... Part of the certification is the didactic, which is the course, and then the practical, which is the two-day event. So you have to pass the online course 80% or more to be eligible to come to the two-day event. And that's uh, that's in-person? That's in-person, yeah. And in that in-person event, we're really going to be focusing on training that coaching eye, how to cue, how to put ourselves in practical situations so that you know how to manage that at the floor and when you're working with your clients at the gym. And that's something that I took from my medical schooling because that's how, as a clinician, that's what I had to do. I had to take a written exam and then I had to walk into a clinical room with a patient and essentially my professor is grading me and I would give in a situation. 35-year-old female presents with chest pain, AKG looks like this, what would you do? And they would grade me on my professionalism, how I would interact with the patient, actually what the protocol I would take to help this, whatever it was. So I'm just taking that and putting it into the training world of like, okay, Vlad, you're getting tested, right? We're in testing day. Okay, you have Susie, she wants to learn how to kettlebell swing. Take her through step one through five and how you would progress her to a kettlebell swing. And obviously I teach you that in the course, so you're not just like blindsided. 
And then it could be troubleshooting, like, oh, uh, Susie is hyperextending at her lower back. What could be the likely cause? How would you cue her? What drill would you give to fix her? So really getting to the coaching aspect. So when you go out into real life practicing on the floor with kettlebell exercise, you know exactly what to do and you're well prepared to train and get someone sharp with the kettlebells from ground up. So that's like, yeah, that's that's ultimately what it, it encompasses. And recently this past week, I was thinking about like, yeah, it's a certification. And the certifications I took in the past were very like education dense and kind of like, you know, yeah. I wanted to be a party. I was just mm-hmm. like, we're having meet and greet Friday night. Everyone's getting to know each other. Yeah. Saturday morning, we're having challenges. We're having things in between just to make it more fun and exciting. Because why? Why not? You know? Yeah. So that's what I'm so excited about is the like community aspect and having these parties inside a cert. So no, I just want to do is have fun, <laughs> right? Why not? Why not have fun and learn at the same time? Shit. KB party. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. So that's awesome. So so when was your your first launch? January 2022. January 2022. Mhm. Yeah. I uh it was such a pivotal moment in my life and my career because I was still working in the ER. I was still living in New York City and I worked in the ER through COVID. And that was traumatic within itself as you can imagine. And I thought it was just my ER job. I was hating. I was just hating going to it. I was like, maybe it's just the hospital I'm at. So I switched hospitals and actually go to a really great hospital. It was like an ideal place, Lenox Hill, for practitioners to work in. And I was working there, and I was like, I'm still unhappy. You know, like, the job's great. My colleagues are great. I'm still unhappy. And then I knew it was like, your burnout is too much. And I didn't realize that the average burnout rate for an ER clinician is around eight years, and I was hitting year nine at that time, so that kind of made sense. Um, but I was like, okay, well, like I have a training business, but it wasn't financially like running the show yet. ER was still kind of supporting it until the course happened. So in order for me to essentially get out of the ER, I needed a certain amount of number of people to join the course. The first time I launched it, that number doubled. Oof. And I was like, oh, this is a, okay. <laughs> and then I launched it again Don't in May. Me, huh? That number tripled, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, all right. Okay. Like, this is a thing. So um, I essentially gave my boss a notice and left the ER, left New York. And I was like, well, I'm fully online. Why not just travel? Because a lot of my clients were overseas and all around the world. So I wanted to network, meet them kind of see the gym scene, see the fitness scene all over the world because my idea and my vision, it was always to be global, not just to stay within the confines of New York, nor within the confines of the United States, but to get worldwide and world known. And I was like, well, I got to put in the footwork, literally and figuratively. So that's when I booked my one-way ticket to Lisbon, Portugal, and I was gone for eight months, eight months traveling all around Europe, Middle East. I um, was on my way to Dubai. And my goal was to make a loop around the world, but I got sidetracked with a little health issue. <laughs> so I had to tend to that, come back to the States and get taken care of. And that's how I am here today, back in the States. Otherwise, I probably would have still been overseas at some point. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Sam, she's like a, what you call a, a fitness gypsy. She like, <laughs> I was like, when was the last time you signed the lease? I'm like, <laughs> 
She should be going back and forth, back and forth. Facts, though. Facts, though. I mean, if you don't have to stay in a place, why stay in a place? You know, you like the birds. <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to shoot for lately. Um, I really uh, pivoted my um, my business when when we talked earlier about uh, you know reflecting and then just spending time alone. This uh, this at the beginning of this year, I was like, all right, I just need I need a break. It's been fucking roller coaster in 2022 with the fucking tour, with the my bro my torn shoulder, with the release of the line, with the start of the 305 Kettlebell Club and events, and I was just felt so I was under a lot of heavy stress, a lot of drug using, like a lot of drug. Like I I told my friend once, I was like. <clears throat> I told him everything about the year, and he was like, damn, man, like, how, how did you sleep? How did you do it? And, and then I think back, and I was like, holy shit, I was doing drugs almost every fucking weekend. Like, if there's 53 weekends in the year, there must have been, like, three weekends that I did not do, like, cocaine, ecstasy, or marijuana. Marijuana was an everyday thing. Like, that's just the regular stuff. So whatever, it was a rough year. It was just a lot. I, I, I wasn't saying no to things. I was like, yo, we got this event in New York. You want to come? Yeah, fuck it. I'm down. Boom. And then and I was just, you know, it's just opportunity, opportunity, chasing opportunities, which is fine. But obviously it led to uh, burnout. And then uh, this year started and me and Ashley were like, oh, let's, let's just do dry, dry January. Actually, we, we, we from the get-go, we were like, let's do three months. So we did three months of complete soberness, no nothing, no alcohol, no THC, no CBD, nothing. Uh, the weed was definitely the toughest part mm -hmm. because I've been smoking weed every single day for the last five years. I will tell myself the excuse, oh, it helps me wind down because as a business owner, when it's time to go to sleep, you start thinking, oh, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should reply to that DM. Maybe that could lead to a sale. Maybe this and that or that or maybe boom. And then you, you, you I would lose sleep. I would lose sleep for like an hour and then I would sleep. And then the weed would kind of help me out and stuff, but whatever. Obviously, that's an excuse because I'm doing it now and, and, and it's working. So... Yeah, I did it for three months sober. It gave me such clarity and vision of uh, what I wanted. It, it, it made me realize where my business was, where I, what I wanted to do, and something that really helped me out. I started reading a, a lot. So I would do this thing in the balcony where I would sit out in the balcony, I'll put a timer, 60 minutes, I'm gonna read for 60 minutes. Now, I don't have to read for a full 60 minutes, but I also cannot do anything else. So if I needed a break from the reading, all I could do is stare out into the clouds and give myself some time to think and reflect. And man, that shit did wonders for me. I was just like, I would read, but I would also just like kind of like daydream a little bit and, and just start it, you know, and I was reading mostly like, you know, self books, business books, and it was just put in perspective, like, holy shit, like, how the fuck was I running a business last year, you know, doing all this shit, not being so focused? Like, it got, to, it was it was out of control. I, it, literally, the turning point was like, damn, my business is a fucking joke compared to, like, these guys that are, like, not fucking around. These, like, top-level CEOs and all of that. And, you know, that's what I, I aspire to be. So, um, fuck, where was I going with this? So, you know, pretty, like, like, to the point where 
there was a point last year that I did not know how much money I was making in profit per kilo that I was selling in kettlebells. You know, like those little numbers, like data spreadsheets, like you got to know all that shit. Like, like if I was to uh, present or get investors involved, like what would I present? Back then I was like, dude, I, I don't know. I have great kettlebells and great community <laughs> invest in me. <laughs> like what the fuck? So that was a big turning point the, the first three months of this year and like just having that time to think because in today's world where you your piece is getting stolen by everybody their phone your apps people whatever you have no time for yourself to reflect and you know it's needed if not you, you gotta stop it's we're in the go, 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 go world, especially you coming from New York. It's like, go, 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 go. Mm -hmm. And if you don't stop to think and see where you are, one, be grateful. And two, where are we going? Where are we going? Because, uh, fuck, I forgot what this quote was, but it was basically like, if you don't know where you're going, anyway, we'll take you there. Something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, wow. So, so yeah, that was like kind of like a boost that gave me a big up and it's been I've, I've kept the momentum all of the year I did break my my soberness on March at the end of March is Miami Music Week it was like the perfect time we were like let's do three months and then for Miami Music Week <laughs> fuck it we, we're, we're, we're going to party we're going to space uh, we did party I got off the routine my 5am routine waking up early reading and fuck man the, the whole party week was like a week and it took me like three weeks to get back into the rhythm and then that's when I started playing with my head like damn like it, it's just you can't be like half in half out and so I, I smoked weed again and then I was so fucking foggy the next day I was like fuck like uh like I feel like I need a Red Bull and I just woke up like I just slept eight hours and I'm, I'm so foggy and then that's when like the idea I was like yo it's just you gotta stop with all this bullshit if you're for real for real mm -hmm. and um last month in my for my birthday 29th birthday my last year my 20s I was like you know what I need to go all in I'm going all in so what I'm, I'm shooting for 12 months of soberness all in on my business and one of the books that I um one of the books that I that I read during that period of the in the balcony sessions, uh, it was the the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, and wow, that was I was like, what the fuck, like, <laughs> because before the kettlebell business, I was dipping my toes on online training. I had like maybe four clients, you know, paying me the monthly fee, helping them out. I wasn't, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing, like nothing. Like I signed these people, I didn't even get on a phone call with them. I was like just DM game, boom, boom, boom. Here's the link, pay. Here's your program, follow this, blah, blah, blah. I, I didn't have no structure, no nothing. And then, um, and so that's what I wanted to do. And I filmed all like 500 videos. Every I would go every Saturday morning and Sunday morning with my boy Josh. We would just film, film, film. So I had this huge library. And then, you know, I started the kettlebell business and I just completely put that to the side. Completely put that to the side. The three months of soberness gave me clarity. That book gave me, that book was like the bro. Remember all those 500 tutorial videos you filmed before the pandemic and like the type of business that you wanted back then for you and your life? And then that was like definitely the like, I need to get back to online training because I want freedom. 
I want to be able to travel the world 90 days as I want, if I want, 60 days, whatever. And I want to be like Sam the Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> the next interview. Who do you inspire? Actually, like, I want to be you when I grow up. I'm like, you're older than me, bitch. <laughs> but no, I mean, but I think you're so right on that as far as like having a vision, having the clarity and going after it, you know, being a go-getter and not letting things kind of like clog you in the way. And, you know, as you realize that like the drugs and the partying was a clog, you know, and just kind of just kept you from really proceeding forward. And what I was, as I was listening to you talk, like, but it's so important that you knew and had a vision going forward because I feel like when people don't, then they'll just stay wherever they're at, right? They'll just say like, oh, well, I guess I will smoke this joint or I guess I will go out and party because I don't have a deadline on Monday or I don't have an important meeting on Tuesday. But when you start putting things in place and making actionable steps towards whatever that set goal is, then you are going to, you know, make better decisions or have a chance to make better decisions. Like, oh, all right, well, maybe I shouldn't drink as much because I do have an important meeting on Monday. And I realized that helped me a lot, especially when I was traveling all of last year. Mm-hmm. And like, mind you, I gave I gave myself like I needed that year. I needed that year to just like get out of New York, do my thing, that and is. yeah, like let loose and just kind of rediscover who I was again and who Sam is. And so I would say I always have like themes for the year. So like. 2022 was that theme of just like rediscovering who I am this past year well, actually got changed into like just I, what, what I, how would I say it um, re- restoring restoring my health restoring myself restoring like my vision and plan and 2024 is growth all I see and everything that's lining up from now to the end of the year is just going to boom and grow 2024 it's just like, okay, like there's seasons, there's moments and times, but what has always been consistent is that vision. And it, when we were talking the other day about the four hour work week, it's kind of wild. I have my own personal story with that, where the year before I moved out of New York, I bought that book and was reading it. And I actually put an Instagram story and pretty much like goals on this, this book. Little did I know that was August, sorry, that was April 20th, 2021. April 19th, 2022 was when I had my one-way ticket to Lisbon. And I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) Within one year, this manifested. I had no idea. Like, I thought it was going to take eons to get to that place, you know, where I can run my own business and travel the world and teach. Like, you know, I was on this beautiful beach in Croatia teaching a lecture. I almost was tempted. This is funny, actually. um, I almost taught a lecture hiking Mount Kilimanjaro. Because I became friends with a mountaineer and um, wanted me to go on the hike. But I was like, oh, it's in the middle of my course. Like, I got to teach. And I know the Wi-Fi is pretty shoddy in Africa. A week later, he comes back. He was like, yo, I got a portable Wi-Fi router for you. You can come. <laughs> said, yo, come on. I got this shit. I was like, are you insane? No, I cannot be teaching a lecture on this, the mountainside of Kilimanjaro. Said, like that. No offense, but I don't trust that shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> But um, I joke with that now, but low-key, I wish. I'm like, dang, I should have done that, man. Because I know my students, they would have been like, this is so dope. But it would have not been a lecture. It would have been like, hey, here, you know. Yeah. And, but it's just wild of 
what you put out there and I'm a true believer in learning more and more of like envision it, see it, write it out, speak it out, talk to other people, put out. I'm all about like putting out my stuff and just saying, this is why I envision, this is what, because you never know who you're talking to and how they're like, oh, wow, oh my God, I know this person. They can help you out. That's happened to me so many times and how I'm able to progress even in this year of like, I had to take um, the whole quarter, the first quarter off. So pretty much my business was working at like half capacity this year. Um, and still with that, it's just like going, going, going. I'm like, I'm trying to keep up with it. I was just telling <laughs> a girlfriend of mine today, I'm like, it, things are just happening that I'm trying to like keep up to speed because it's just like one thing after the next. And I truly believe it's because I'm putting it out there. I'm saying, this is what I believe in. This is what I'm doing. I'm not sure how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen at some point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, um, you know, whenever you have a vision or whatever, and then it starts to happen, the universe kind of rewarding you for your effort and like don't be fucking complaining you wanted this full plate let's go baby because there's another plate coming up let's go up and up exactly exactly oh man but yeah it's it's so important to have that vision because it becomes like for me when i kind of re uh, you know, had my vision again, and I was like, okay, this is where I want to be, this is what I want to do. It became a lot easier for me to say no to shit. Yeah. Like, because basically, you put yourself, you know, you put yourself goals or whatever, what you want to do or accomplish, and every activity is either taking you away from there or is taking you towards there. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as staying in place. Staying in place, you're going down, you're, you're, you're you know, you're getting away from it. So it became, once you have a clear vision and you have to have a clear vision, then you, if everything else becomes easy. And it was haunting me, man, that the, the partying and everything, it got to the point where, yes, we'll go to the party, whatever, substances, alcohol, everything, boom, 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 having a great time. But I was not having a great time because in my head, my inner self, I knew that the shit that I should be doing which is not this, that this is taking me. You know what I told myself? I was like, no, this is fun. This is good for your health. Like, you're having fun. It's like, yeah, okay, but not fucking three times, you know, fucking going to the club for eight hours, seeing the sunrise, and like, yeah, like, and not every fucking weekend. Like, yeah, you need to have some fun and enjoy your life. But like, no, it got to the point where, where it was every time will be, I'll be, uh, in the party full of anxiety, thinking about the things I should be doing, thinking about how much away I was getting from the vision. And, and once you have a clear, it's like, you know that avoid this shit, avoid these people, avoid that. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna take me where I want. Do this, do this, stay in your fucking lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that I really learned this year. Like essentially what you're talking about is creating boundaries and allowing, coming to the, place of like my time I am valuable my time is valuable my business is valuable and who I allow in and around is very precious you know and it's not anyone gets to hang out with Sam not anyone gets to hang out with Vlad (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) but I think everyone should feel that way everyone should have that sense of self-worth sense of self you know I want to say it's not arrogance I think it's just value valuing your time so it's why I was, you know, meeting up with a couple of friends that I haven't seen in a few years. 
And I remember back in those conversations a few years ago, I was in a completely different place back then. And the conversations are great flowing. And now that I have completely changed, these conversations are I'm like, oh man, like what are we talking about? It's drama after drama and oh, one thing after the next. And I'm like, this is not not saying conversations have to be productive, but it's not uplifting. It's not like inspiring. It's not it's helping not the me. Fucking vibe. Yeah, it's not helping you. Like what's going on here? And that was a really big aha moment with some of, you know, the people that I've interacted with. I would say like recently. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, good to know. I was like, this is just information. I'll probably never reach out to see you again. Mental check, like, okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think <laughs> that's notes. okay. I think that's completely okay to really value your time because if you're on a mission and if you have goals to set, like, you can't let that stuff weigh you down. You really have to say, like, yes, no. If this helping me achieve, or if I'm helping you, and if this is a, uh, I don't want to say the word productive, but this is, you know of value and you get to decide what is of value with you in your life then cool everything else snip snip like that's it yeah so you gotta be harsh you gotta be harsh and sometimes selfish with your time Mm -hmm. absolutely and i would say i think i'm a bit more adamant on this because in the past i wasn't and working in healthcare as you can imagine we're completely giving of ourselves all the time to our own detriment and I've just done that so many times with give, 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 but I had an f- empty cup. There's nothing to give anymore. And I was like, okay, I gotta fill myself. I gotta be able to, you know, make sure that I'm taking care of Sam so then I can help others, but not just be a one-way street type thing. And, you know, it took me a bit to get there, but the maturity in that, it's just been so freeing and, just a more enjoyable in life and not everything has to be hard not everything has to be a eye roll or draining or anything like that so it's just like life is just more enjoyable now (laughs) so much more enjoyable now (laughs) yeah and then the good thing about that too is um you know at at the beginning it's it's hard because whatever maybe people hit you up to hang out or whatever or they invite you to do stuff that you know is not productive Mm -hmm. And but and and obviously it's tempting. It's tempting, you know, to go back to old ways or old habits. But once you pass that little time period, like that's it. <laughs> you made it. You made it to the other side. People get tired. You know, they're not gonna always chase you and like, well, that's it. You know, they're not gonna invite you anymore or, or whatever. They like they know not to hit me up. You know not to hit my phone after nine p.m. because I'm not leaving the house. What's wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> Yeah, and that's great. I love that. I love that boundary setting. And yeah, I think everyone should have that. And the cool thing is you get to decide what you will allow and what you won't allow. You know, it's all you. You have all the power in that. Yeah, I think uh, I told you this earlier, but it was like people will never know your standard if you don't set it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So you have to set your standard. You have to be like, yo, this is unacceptable. What's wrong with you? Like, you know, like plan a meeting or whatever late cancel all that hard you're done mm-hmm. like you, you don't get three strikes it's one that's it mm-hmm. but yeah yeah my standard just went up with the 12 dollar coffee that i just bought from this <laughs> <laughs> welcome this to Miami Beach. this five hours still it's charging me a 12 dollar coffee and i was like where am i i was like am i this person now <laughs> oh my god no yeah i know shit is rough out there <laughs> shit is rough out there <laughs> 
I can't get over it. Like, I want to talk about this for a while now. Like, $12, though? Miami, come on, guys. Your New York doesn't even have that. It's like, listen up, guys. New trauma. Uh, (laughs) Well, yeah, it happened to me the other day. I... I went, I was like in my building, in my building at the bottom, there's like a health bar, you know, very healthy, very popular too. That's the problem. And, um, you know, seven fifty for the, the coffee. All right, whatever. And then I was like, you know, I, I always like ice stuff because Miami is hot. So I'm like, oh, let's just do it ice. Another dollar, eight fifty for the iced coffee as opposed to like, yo, you're charging me a dollar for ice. I could have gone upstairs to my apartment, got in my own eyes and man, I always, <laughs> I always tell myself, you know, we, we work from home most of the time. And I always tell myself, I got to get out of the house, go to a cafe, or maybe, you know, just get out. Because you're, you're, sometimes you're cooped up in your desk. And, and you're, you're, it's so funny because, like, you know, we want a life of freedom and all this stuff. But sometimes you find yourself in a fucking cubicle <laughs> with the online clients and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So I, I try to get outside of the house. <laughs> but, like, sometimes it's like, fuck, what a waste of fucking time. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get much done. I had to, like, commute to the place and back and set up the whole setup. And maybe you forgot something that you needed. You got everything in your desk. And then the fucking $12 coffee or whatever. And, and it's, it's happened to me twice. I always think twice because like before that, uh, that instant, I was like, okay, let me get out. And then I went and the fucking Wi-Fi wasn't working at the fucking coffee place. And then the fucking fire alarm was going off like for 20 minutes. I'm like, I just stay home. Like, just take the L. Just take, take the L. Take the fucking L, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. All right, so um, I think we have some questions that some people wanted to know a little bit, a little insight. So we're going to take care of those questions before they kick us out of here. We are kind of running past our time, but fuck it. We'll see, guys. We'll see (laughs) how long we stay here talking. So we touched on a few things, but um, these are actually really good questions. I'm going to start with starting out. How would you recommend dealing with potential clients and budget restraints? So we're going into trainer talk now. Trainer talk. Ooh, budget restraint. I think I think the best way to kind of maneuver this is you have to really dive deep into what they're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. One, kind of like find their pain points. Like, why do you want to train with me right now why haven't you done this alone why are you like why are you that that's a, that's the first question i will ask people when they will you know like a kickoff call or whatever or kickoff session when i used to work at a gym like all right why are you here like what, what do you want like it's not what you want but like what do you need what, what's going on why are you here and because the whole internet is full of information to for you to achieve your goals all of it mm-hmm. all of it it's all about uh, application so find the real reason they want to get in shape mm-hmm. and it's painful some people are, are painful a chick might say oh i want to lose weight to um you know just to look better but in reality i want to lose weight because me and my husband haven't gotten intimate in x amount of months or whatever that's the real reason so if you're not digging deep enough for the real reason you're gonna have objections at the end of the session the kickoff session or, or the call and then with that there's also legit money budget situations so 
you got to ask what are their habits throughout the session, the kickoff session. Hey, how many times do you eat out? How many coffees do you buy out? Uh, how many times do you go to the bar? How many times boom, boom, boom. Then you need to start making tallies in your head. Okay, so you say you go to Starbucks five times a week. That's uh, it's not $12, but maybe $6 <laughs> or $5 a week. Okay, that's $60 a week in coffee already. You say you eat lunch twice a week. Okay, we'll put it 20, 25 bucks. That's 50. Boom, we're at 120 a week. Okay, what else? Oh, you go to the bar twice. Uh, you go out and have drinks. That's at least 100 bucks a week. Boom, so we're at 220 times four weeks. You're at $900 or $880 and... You're telling me you're not going to, you can't afford it, but you're spending all this money and this, this, and this, and this. Now, I just gave you the logical reason. And if you cut all that shit out, you're going to get to your goals even faster. So that's one way that you can kind of object that, oh, I don't have money or it's not in my budget. Well, you, you got to create a budget for it. I saw a post yesterday that said, investing in your, in your health uh, is, uh, is, Something like within the line, investing in your health is always worth it. Like pinch pennies somewhere else, not in your health. Pinch pennies okay. somewhere else because it's going to be worth it. You, This is your the only body you get. The only body you get. People love to take care of their cars and all this stuff. And that shit is replaceable. Even that Ferrari with a nice interior, you crash it, you could get another one if you have the money. This, you crash, like, my fucking shoulder will never be the same after mm -hmm. I tore it. And it's your health. And that this is, like, kind of, like, exterior stuff. Like, interior disease and all that shit that sometimes that's forever. You're never going to get rid of. So, investing in your health is, you know, always a good idea. Is pinch pennies somewhere else. Mm -hmm. I actually love that answer. And it's ultimately helping them. You have a sales background, don't you? I mean, I've been in sales all my life. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, your answer was so, like, you were in sales. Because that was not my answer. And I was like, oh, I like his answer better. <laughs> I was just like, suck it up. Like, Fuck. this is my price. Take it or not. And you're like, I was like, oh, his is much more logical. It makes a lot more sense. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I've always, that. it's funny because I've always hated sales. And I always avoided sales. But, like, my very first business, I was fucking 13. <laughs> I was, you know, no money, obviously. So I was like, what can I sell in the school that was going to sell? We'll go to Walmart, buy a pack of candy for $25. They will bring, I think, 25 candies. I will sell the candies for $2. No, it will bring 50 candies. So I will sell the candy for, one, you know, 25 to 50. I will have a big-ass cargo dicky pants. Two, uh, one pocket here, one pocket here, another pocket here, another pocket, and then the back pockets for the gum. And then so I have like Snickers on one pocket, Skittles on one pocket. I wouldn't even say good morning. I'd be like, hey, want to buy candy? Want to buy candy? And then, man, people knew me at the candy. This was in You're seventh, the candy man. seventh grade. Oh, my God. <laughs> I am sitting here with the candy man. You know, you know, you remember the candy days. <laughs> no, I still talk to a lot of people into school with it. They remember the candy days, but um, but yeah, I've been Speaking you know candy. been uh, doing business for a while now. But all right, shoot us with another question. Okay, so oh my god, not care. So the next question is: How do you assess your clients? There is so much, so many things you have to look into. It gets confusing. Take this one. Okay, man, I was about to open my hairy bows. Okay, fine. So, um, 
I totally agree with you. I remember when I first started off as a trainer. I love how I'm speaking to the mic. I'm like, hello, Mike. <laughs> when I started um, started off as a trainer, I took all the certifications, SFMA and CFC, CSCS, all the things. And I was so overwhelmed by all the assessments. But the more that you're into it, the more that you're learning, you find the common denominator between the assessments. And the cool thing about that is you don't have to necessarily do specific tests. All you need to do is just to watch them move, get them moving right away, right? So like my assessment, if you came in with me right now, I'm like, yo, we're squatting. I want to see what a front-loaded squat is for you. And while you're squatting, I'm starting to pick apart and see where some restrictions are. With that said, that takes time. That takes time with understanding like that hip shift back might be related to a ankle dorsiflexion issue, right? So I think there is a time and a place for starting off to have some specific tests, but not getting lost in it. My best recommendation is to have one that resonates with you, stick with like a system for now, really get good at that, and then maybe learn something else but ultimately get into getting them moving right away because we can get so wrapped up into an hour long of like a full on assessment and then we're kind of like losing the value of the time or the purpose of the time. Where I get into specific assessments is when there's an issue going on. So let's say we've been training for a while, your squats are fine, but you're, you're noticing a little something's off or I'm noticing something is off and that knee just keeps like bare stretching out too much. I'm like, okay. Then I'll get into more details. All right, let me look at the joint above and below. Let me look at your ankle joint. Let's see if it can move properly. Okay, cool. Let's look at your hip joint. Maybe that's related to it. So um, that's when I get into specifics or if there's pain points. When they're like, I'm having right shoulder pain, then I'm working on a little bit more detailed assessments. But my biggest advice is just learning a system and getting people moved right away and going from there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so too. Just do do a, a quick checklist. Like, yo, you know, weak ass glutes, whatever, boom, boom, boom. You know, obviously they'll, they'll tell you your, their history too, so you'll know where to look to, any injuries, any limitations, any surgeries and all of that. <clears throat> but yeah, don't don't get too wrapped up in this perfect assessment and because and, and, people, people hire, you know, they hire you, not the gym. They hire you as a coach. Mm-hmm. To, be, be there with them and, and just guide them through the way. And then if you don't know, you, you always gotta be honest. Like, hey, I don't know the answer to this question right now. I'm gonna look into it. I'm gonna reach out to you know other professionals and I'll be back. Don't just lie or, or should, yeah, yeah, fuck it, run through it, yeah, yeah fuck it. Like, just, just you know, be honest. Yeah, that's the best thing. And we have to remember our bodies are not fragile, right? Like if. I know for me, I was like, it has to be the perfect plan and the perfect <laughs> program. And the reality is there is no perfect program and or plan. So it's just like get them moving and you'll figure it out as time goes on. Obviously, we're not like having them do crazy stuff like balance beam and handstand work when they're not like, you know, it's standard training session, squat, hinge, deadlift, push, pull, core. Like if you stick to those basics and just assess those, bam, you're good to go. Like right now with my online clients, when I onboard them, I have them squat. I have them deadlift. I have them do a plank hold, a push-up. Um, depending on if it's kettlebell related, I'll have them do the kettlebell skills that they want to work on. And technique-wise, that's pretty much all I have them do. And then from there, I just kind of assess. Or if I have someone a little bit older, I want to check their balance. I'll have them do like single 
leg holds and see kind of if there's anything going on there. But literally, squat, hinge, push, pull, yeah. boom. I think that yeah. I think the plank is, is such a good one because, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to kettlebell stuff and, and creating tension, like some people, you know, they have their ass up or yeah. they're not really engaged. I love to tell them like, yo, see this mat? Try to separate the mat with your arms and, and really create tension because all that is going to translate to to the um, to the kettlebell and uh i really love the single arm plank that shit is so yeah. hard for anybody <laughs> for me it's hard 15 seconds is hard but once you start swinging that bell single hand it all translates mm-hmm. all right let's see what we what else we got here uh this one right here says how do you get started when you're brand new i'm assuming she's a brand new trainer my best advice is i know we're in the era of entrepreneurship and business owner and all of this social media like yo go work for a gym son go eat shit for a year or two go work for a gym go work the floor learn how they sell their packages, learn the techniques, learn everything, learn how they get customers, how to talk to people, how to customer service, learn everything, write it down because that's gonna be a blueprint for your business. So, you know, it's, I think that's the best route. You're, cause you, you need reps, you need reps, you need reps and reps and reps, you need, man, shit. I feel bad for some people that I train on fucking crunch fitness. Like, yo, I was fucking horrible. But they loved me still. Like, I was a shitty-ass trainer, but they loved me, I guess, because of my charisma or whatever. But you need reps. You need bodies in front of you. You, you, it's just, that, that's the bottom line. Go, if you're brand new, you just got your CPT, you're a personal trainer now, go work for a gym see how the business is run because eventually if you want to be a business owner you're gonna have to run a similar type of business on your own so you know you have mentors there you have managers i will teach you the ropes you have lead trainers i will teach you things you will meet more educated trainers and then you know from there you 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 decide what you want to do yeah i what i would tag on to that is the gym uh, I see that as like a mentor, like having a mentor, it could be a gym, it could be like the gym guiding you throughout, but just having something or some system in place to help guide you because when you're going through the reps, you're going to have a lot of questions with those reps and need someone to help kind of guide you throughout that way. So designate in who that mentor is. I mean, I still have mentors even now that I've been in business for a while and it's just very, very helpful to kind of like allow the, the process to be a little bit more smoother. And the other thing I would add is when you're starting brand new, what are you, how do you want to fit in the space, right? So there's different like purposes and goals for different trainers, right? So like there's some that are strength and conditioning focused, some that are rehab, prehab focused or some. So just finding out like where you want to place yourself or where you want to at least kind of have the guidance in that area and then go down that line because the fitness industry is large and it's huge and it's overwhelming and how you might ask, well, what if I don't know where to start? And then I would continue to ask you and say, well, where do you find your strengths? Where do you feel like you excel? Because usually that's where you should be going along because it's just 
your strong suit and where you, you know, people will gravitate towards you a little bit more. So finding your strengths, discovering who you are, figuring out what that looks like from a business aspect, gaining a mentor, joining a gym or becoming a trainer at the gym and then going there. You really can't go wrong with that that direction. Yeah. And then to to her point and to the other point of, of the reps, you're going to be working with a whole bunch of different type of people that have different type of goals. And then you're going to test and trial. Hey, did I like working with this kid for his athleticism for volleyball? Or did I enjoy rehabbing and kind of rehabbing this person from an injury? Or did I enjoy bodybuilding with this person? Like, you will find what you kind of enjoy and what you kind of have more passion for. And then from there, you could kind of, okay, kind of like this style better so i'm gonna maybe take a specialist certification mm -hmm. towards this way and, and see how that goes don't don't also be i mean education is fucking great but don't be that person that takes you know personal training certification and then goes on to take five or ten right off the bat yeah. you don't have any fucking clients bro you better get some mm -hmm. clients first get some clients that way you could implement everything you learn on those certs like if you have all these certs and then you never implement you're most likely gonna forget paid all that money for nothing like get clients get clients get clients don't don't get cut up absolutely yeah i see that so often when it's just like i take this this and this and all of a sudden your five certifications deep i'm like okay quiet uh, <laughs> or how many clients you got you're still making zero dollars yeah right like don't be a forever student either you know because that's a thing as well yeah totally. okay we go for do one more yeah, let's do one more. You pick. Okay. So I really think this is a great one. How do you optimize your time with working slash training? I think that's a great question because I, I really um, ask myself that <laughs> all the time too of like managing your own, especially working an online business. I'm not on the floor anymore. I'm not, you know, moving around. So I become a lot more sedentary and... I have to plan, and I think that's a key word, is planning. I have to work on, okay, every day. So back in grad school, our schedule was so busy that I had to plan out every minute of the day. That's how intense it was. And I was like, okay, I know I was there before. It's not fun, but I can get there. And sometimes when it's when it's heavy or big, in the like, you know, something's happening with the business, pretty much the night before, I pre-planned the, the whole day out. Obviously, there's like things are going to be changing in between, but at least I have a skeleton and an outline. And within that outline, I'm saying, okay, this is designated workout time, whatever workout time that works for you, but have that set scheduled time. Just like you were saying with the book, right? You're going out. This is 60 minutes designated to just reading. I don't have to do it the entire time. It's the same thing we're working out and just making sure that you're on a schedule. With that said, firsthandly, be on a program, get on a program, have that something to look forward to. So I was on a program for the pretty much the year, even sometimes when I couldn't even work out just to know like, okay, well today I would have done this, you know, yeah. instead. Cause right now I'm off a program and I'm going insane. I'm like, I need to get on one because I'm like, I'm like a lost puppy. I'm like, I don't know what to yeah, do. It's, uh, it's crazy. Cause <laughs> I mean, people do it all the time. You get to the gym and then like, all right. It's like, what can we cook up today? What, what are we going to freestyle? What are we going to eat? It's like, it, it, it's crazy. And then one thing for <clears throat> workflow, I started doing that. What, uh, what you said a while ago, um, 
writing the things down beforehand. It's gonna leave you up anxiety because your mind is always gonna be running. Oh, I gotta do this. I know I gotta do this. I know I gotta do this. But if you write them down the night before, top priorities, and then another five things that you gotta do, and man, that dopamine hit when you check that little shit off. Ooh, it feels great. It feels like you have your life under control. That like, okay, I got, and then you know you hit all of them. You're like great. Like okay, plan out for for next the next day. And um, yeah, that that's one way that I like to keep uh keep organized and and you know maximize the little time you got. Like if you you say you're short on time, then you gotta you gotta crunch out something out. Lose a little bit of sleep to get what you want. You know, it could be temporary. But you can't be wasting time if you say you don't have time. You can't be watching two hours of Netflix every day if you say, I can't work out because I don't have time. Mm-hmm. Come on, bro. Or how much we uh, can easily get sucked into the Instagram hole. And if you're <laughs> scrolling just real quick, you're about, every time I'm like about to make a post and then I'm 20 minutes in scrolling, I'm like, wait, oh, I was supposed to make yeah. a post. You know, so like taking screen time. And that's just something I want to touch on for a second, because especially if you're running an online business and social media is running it, you got to create, create boundaries with social media. And like what I have found that worked for me is checking it two times a day in the morning, checking messages from the night before or whatever, going through the DMs. And then at night, whenever I usually post at night. So I'll put the post up and then 30 minutes I'll wait check the comments, blah, 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 and then off Engage for the rest of the bit. night. Yeah. Wow, that's a great one. And then pretty much let it overnight seep through. Everything's, you know, everyone's creeping <laughs> in happy. and making all the comments. <laughs> and then the morning, bam, back to it, right? And two times a day, that has helped my mental health immensely. Yeah. Of just, like, gaining more time back to yeah. me. I definitely need to get on that game because, man, it's, it's fucking rough. I'm running three accounts. My personal Laminka Fitness, the Kettlebell Supplier, the 305 Kettlebell Club, and fuck, the most annoying thing is, okay, I need to, whatever, I did something on my personal, I gotta go do something on the Kettlebell Club page, boom, I go, and then, this is the most annoying thing, I click on a story, and I already fucking saw this story, bro, like, I already saw this, I'm watching this fucking story from this specific person again, (laughs) so it's it's such a distracting world, like, right now, I have a, like, a timer set, like a, you know, if I go over, it kind of locks you up, but yeah, that is a great workflow, like, one in the morning, one at night, post and done, like, you gotta go in there with a purpose, if not, you're gonna fucking lose your money. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the um, do not disturb feature on my phone. That, that's oh, on yeah. 24-7 now. I yeah. love it. I don't, I don't have to look. Oh, man, that <laughs> and sleep. I go from do not disturb to sleep mode at night. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then got, back to do not disturb when I, I wake up. <laughs> I, I only got two moves. Do not disturb, sleep <laughs> mode. <laughs> I'm telling you, that has helped my mental health and everything immensely. So I just discovered this, by the way, this year. And I didn't realize that this has been a thing in the iPhone for a while now. And I'm like, my life is forever changed. Wow. Well, what's, the, what's the difference between sleep mode and do not disturb? Nothing. Nothing <laughs> at all. It's just okay. mentally me. I know it's like, okay, Sam, okay. like, like get your ass to bed pretty much. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, have a do not di- I have do not disturb at, uh, at 9 p.m. Like mm-hmm. after that, that's it. But yeah, you got me thinking about when you said that the other day. I mean, maybe I should, you know, yeah, I think I'll get there. Not disturb throughout the whole day. Because. Mm-hmm. Because it's going back to power, right? You get to decide when you're ready to check your messages. Because you know when you see, if we're sitting here and a message comes through, your mind's already tracked. Like, oh, yeah. who is it? I wonder what they're saying. What could Versus be. like, 
I will check my messages at three o'clock, they can wait. Yeah. You know. And everybody can wait. It's, of it's never, you know, it's never like that. And like when people check their the emails on their phone, mm-hmm. knowing damn well you're not gonna answer on your phone. Like I don't answer emails on my phone unless it's like an emergency. But why are you gonna check it? Don't stop don't check your email if you're not gonna answer you're just it might just fucking ruin your day mm-hmm. <laughs> i always tell ashley when she brings the mail i'm like fuck no nah, don't, don't don't be bringing that mail don't over bring here. that negativity why to are me you fucking the irs fuck no don't be, <laughs> why are you bringing that shit over here oh my god that's funny but, uh, true. but true well i think that's our time for today once again thank you guys for joining us this was completely random uh, you can find me at Vladi Salas305 on Instagram. My kettlebell company is Blaminka Fitness at Blaminka Fitness. And my kettlebell club is 305 Kettlebell Club. Uh, website, blaminkafitness.com to shop kettlebells. We are running a Black Friday sale right now, 20% off with code BF, as in Black Friday 20. 20% off free shipping all over the U.S. Sam, where can they find you? That was a great deal, man. So y'all can find me personally at S-Cha-Cha or S-C-I-A-C-C-I-A. <laughs> and then my company is at Bell underscore Mechanics. Or if you're interested in wanting to learn a little bit more about the courses and tutorials that I offer, you can go to courses.bellmechanics.com. I'll be there. All right, guys. See you guys on the next one. Bye. We don't have a name for this podcast. <laughs> Holy shit.